We've been in a series where we've looked at God's faithfulness. Before I get rambling, I want to get real. I want to stay real, but I want to get real right off the bat. These are desert times that we are living in, where normal has gone out the door, where comfort is hard to find, and where our expectations and even our ability to get things done or see things through to fruition are very difficult. And you may be going through a desert season physically, through sickness, ailment, job loss. You may be going through desert season emotionally, through depression, anxiety, frustration, worry, anger, bitterness. You may be going through a desert season spiritually where you ask, God, in the midst of all of this, where are you? I want to answer that. He's right here. He's right there with you, holding your hand through this desert season. He does not let go. And he wants to bless you. The problem is, is that we see God's blessing many times through our external circumstances. So we want to see God's blessing through houses and cars and jobs and in comforts. And, and God wants to bless us. Yes, he does want to give us those things, but really he wants to bless us internally. And he wants us to know our value in him. He wants us to see who we are in the way that he sees us. And that's the blessing that we need to hold on to this season. Because if we lose sight of that, if, if we do not hold on to his blessing, we follow the way of the world. And you know what the way of the world is these days? Anybody seeing that complaining is on the rise, that grumbling is increasing, that the volume of people's whining is getting louder. Am I the only one? No. Scrolling through social media, talking small talk to the person across the mask. Well, I'll be wearing these things. I'd rather not do this. It's too hot outside. All of these things. I mean, complaining is the status quo these days. And as we look at this next episode in this series, we're going to look that that's, that's, that's an ancient way. It's a human way to respond. Grumbling. That's the biblical word that is used. It's complaining, whining, griping. God's way, blessing. Everyone say, God's way is blessing. And my way is grumbling. If you're a grumbler, I want to see your hand, if you've grumbled at all. All right, most of you here are telling the truth and the others are liars. We are in this season where comfort has gone out and it makes sense. Some of us have real things to complain about. I don't want to overlook that. But, 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 but we as the people of God, if we claim to know Jesus, if we have accepted this blessing of everlasting life that is unmerited, then we're called to a higher standard. And that's what I want to call us today, to let go of the grumbling and hold on to the blessing, hold on to this word of life. Before I continue, we're gonna look at two stories of how God's people grumble in the Old Testament 
and yet God remains faithful. And then I'm gonna give you three reasons why we shouldn't be grumblers. But before that, let me give you these three types of complainers because there's some good complaining, believe it or not. There's some good complaining. The first type is this good type. Unfortunately, it only makes 25% of our complaining. It's called instrumental complainer. And the instrumental complainer looks at solving problems. They see a problem and they complain. They, they somehow bring it to the attention of someone that can actually do something about it. When I post something on social media, if I'm complaining, odds are nothing's gonna be done about it. If I form a team because I want something to change or I want someone to feel bad about something that they've done, odds are that's not going to be instrumental. But there is a type of instrumental uh, uh, complaining. Again, these are fewer than 25%. So if you can't actually do something to change what you're complaining about, it ain't instrumental complainer. It's the third type. But first, let's look at the second type. And this one's very important. This is the venters. Any venter here this morning, any venter at home, you just need to express your emotions. You just need somebody to come beside you and validate how you're feeling. That's me right there. If I feel something, I wanna feel it out. And I, if, you're, if you're around me, odds are you're going to hear me express my emotion. And we are good here if we express and vent to one, two, three people. When it comes too far, when we become this third type of complainer is when we multiply that three by 200. And we make every person that we talk, we're just venting. And we're just venting. And we're just venting. Then it becomes this third type which is chronic complainers. But first, let me, let, me, let me go back. Let me go back to this venter because we can vent to people. We should vent to people. As a pastor, I want to be a safe place where people can come to me and vent. But there's also a better way to vent and that is by submitting a prayer to God. See, he can meet you right where you are he knows what you're going through and he actually has the compassion to give you what you need strength to persevere. He doesn't want you to stay in that state. He wants to listen and he wants to bless you. He wants you to move on. So as we vent, let's vent to some safe people around us, but let's also vent to God via prayer. Amen? Amen. And then there's this third type. Y'all, these are the chronic complainers. And by the way, I didn't come up with these. These are psychiatrists, secular psychiatrists that have identified these three types of complainers. And do you know what they say about these chronic complainers? Not only do they complain about everything, but their brains are wired to complain. Now, if you want to insult somebody, if, if someone's complaining to you, then you just go right ahead and say, you know, you're one of those chronic complainers. Your brain is wired to complain. That's a real good way to offend them because it's not only them. That's actually all of us. And as I've been preparing for this message, let me just tell you this. I'm preaching to myself today because I have realized how no matter little, medium, or big, I tend to complain. And it's annoying how much we tend to complain. We need to be rewired. We need our minds to be renewed and transformed. And that's what happens when we let go of grumbling and hold on to God's blessing and hold fast to his word. So let's look at these two stories 
of the Bible. First, we're, 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 we're recapping where we've been. I wanna show you this cool graphic where it shows the episodes of where we've been so far. So we started a creation, got created, man and woman. He created them not only uh, for relationship, but also to glorify himself. But then the problem is that we chose to, write, to, to think, hey, God, you, know, you don't know best. We're gonna trust our own intuition. We're going to decide what right and wrong is for ourselves. We talked about the Tower of Babel, how humanity tried to make a tower to, to make their name famous and their name great rather than God's, our creator. And then God, instead of punish us, he, he did. He cursed the land and he cursed our, our way, our life and said, hey, death has now entered the, the picture because of the sin. But he gave us a promise and a blessing. And he said, but I'm going to give you more. I'm going to come over you and cover you going to this next, uh, uh, well, I'm skipping two episodes now to atonement. But first, redemption. God said, hey, I can make good work out all of the bad that comes from this. And then we looked at atonement last week where the people of Israel were back in Egypt. They were enslaved. They were there for 400 years and God made a way out. He passed over their homes because of the blood on their doorposts and lintels and said, I'm going to see you to what I've promised you, this land that flows with milk and honey. And he brought them out of Egypt into, not the promised land, the desert. And that's where we are today. Promised land is next week. You're gonna have to stay tuned. So in the desert is where we are. And, and as we are in the desert, again, there's all these things that we can be complaining about. See, the Israelites now are wandering around. They think that this is about a three-day journey. And we're gonna find out that it's gonna take them a lot longer because of our complaining. Isn't that true? Sometimes of our complaining, we, we, want to, we want to feel good. We want to bring some comfort back. And so it feels good to complain a little bit. But really in the long run, it actually delays. It, it delays us from arriving where we need to go. And this is what happens. We're in Exodus. I want to read quickly from uh, chapter 24. Context, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. We're skimming through all of that. God gave the people. He shared his commandments with his people. And when he read those out, you know what the people said? Chapter 24, verse 33, Moses went down to the people, repeated all of these instructions and regulations that the Lord had given him. And all the people answered with one voice, we will do everything that the Lord has commanded. And they repeated again a few verses later. He says, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will obey man. The guys were serious and confident about following God's way. But what happens when comfort is ripped off? They are in the desert. They start whining. They get manna from heaven. Literally, God provides food for them. It ain't good enough. They want some meat. God goes back into the mountain to hang out with God for 40 days with Joshua. He leaves his brother Aaron in charge of the people. And you know the story. Instead of waiting on God, they grab a hold of their situation and make their own God because of impatience. So in Exodus chapter 32, verse one says, when the people saw that Moses was staying a long time before coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, come make a God for us who will go in front of us for we do not know what has become of Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt. Yikes. People of God were impatient. 
They formed, fashioned an idol for themselves and even credited the Passover and the crossing of the Red Sea to this idol. Yikes. The grumbling has begun. In God, hear, hear this out, because God faithfully saves his people, but it comes at a price. Exodus chapter 34, verses six through seven. If you want to know what God looks like, if you think you kind of have this picture of God in your mind, this was an opportunity for God to actually shine his face and, and reveal his glory to Moses. But his glory was such that he couldn't even face Moses. Moses could not stand the presence of God. And so instead of showing him an image, God gives him this, these words. And so if you ever wonder what God looks like, these are, these, this is what he looks like. Exodus verse 34, verses six through seven. Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I'm slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. I forgive iniquity, rebellion, and sin, but I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even the children in the third and fourth generations. God, compassion, mercy, slow to anger, and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Pretty cool. That's who God is. But I kept reading, and I kept reading on purpose. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. Moving on. But I do not excuse the guilty. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children and grandchildren. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations. See, our complaining and our grumbling is generational in the same way that God's blessing is generational. There's two ways here. If we want to not experience these curses that God is talking about this, then we gotta, we gotta cross the threshold like we talked about last. We've gotta enter into relationship with Jesus because we're covered there. That's where we have compassion and mercy. We have to let go of grumbling and complaining. The second story they're in the desert and Moses tells the people, hey, go into the promised land. Go into the promised land, check it out. And he says this in verse 13, uh, verse two of the book of Numbers. Send out men to explore the land of Canaan. That's the promised land. The land I am giving to the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. Now, Moses is being told, hey, I'm giving you this land. I just want you to go check the land out because I'm strategic. I want you to know where people are at, how to maneuver the, the takeover, but I'm giving it to you. And so they do, 12 go, and 10 come back, you guessed it, complaining. They said, yeah, there's land flowing with milk and uh, uh, honey. I almost said funny. Powerful people are there, large and, and fortified towns. They're these giants. God wants us to go into this land that he promised us and, and we're gonna die, the grumbling of the Israelites said. He had already told them that he was gonna give them the land. And yet they succumb to what they see because they forget what they've been promised. And sometimes when we look, all we see are reasons why we should complain. And I'm telling you, there's reasons to complain. There's good reasons. But let's not forget what God has promised us. Let's not forget what he has already given us. See, when we have 
when, we, when our vision is eternal, our temporary circumstances, they change a little bit. We see them from a different perspective. And that's the goal. That's how we kick grumbling out the door. That's how we let go of this grumbling. Then there's this one guy in the mix. He's one of two, Caleb and Joshua. And they go to the land and they actually bring back a different report. And this is in Numbers 14, seven through nine. They said all to the people of Israel, this is Caleb and Joshua speaking. They said, hey, the land we traveled through and explored is a wonderful land. And, and if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Do not rebel against the Lord and don't be afraid of the people of the land. They're only helpless prey to us. They have no protection, but the Lord is with us. Don't be afraid of them. That's that eternal perspective. That's how we should tackle all things here on earth. Because no matter what we see, God's way is the way of blessing. And when we hold on to that, we're able to persevere through whatever we're going through with him. And we can have the faith and the strength and the courage to get through it. So, word of the Lord today, let go of the grumbling. Let go of complaining. I want you to do one thing. You can even do it out loud. There in your living room or here, okay? It's gonna be a safe place for a little bit. I want you to think of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, however many things that, that you're in your mind, you're like grumbling about. I want you to think of those things. What are those things? That right now we, 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 we feel like, man, I just want to complain. I got a couple. First service, my wife's phone cracked. That ain't cool. That's an expensive repair. Why did that phone crack? Why did my one-year-old throw the phone down? You know what I mean? I'm venting right now. My son fell from a rock. My two-year-old got a little blood. Why? They should put signs on the rock that says, hey, don't jump off or don't let two-year-olds on that rock. Otherwise, they're going to, ah. Have you ever been in an airport? There's plenty of things to complain about in an airport. I was in Cuba once on a mission trip and I came back, uh, never fly on a chartered flight. Definitely to Cuba where there's no cell phone service or anything, no entertainment. I'm in Cuba uh, waiting for my chartered flight with, with, with Hector. He goes to this church. He ain't a complainer. I am. And Hector, I mean, we're cool sitting, first delay, hour and a half, no problem. I can wait an hour and a half. Next delay, two hours and a half. Third delay, three hours. Man, I was, a, I was about to pop off right there in, in the, the, the Marti, Jose Marti Airport in Havana. Now there's no one to really pop off because it's communism. Everyone's just living in desert times anyway. So I found out little things like, you know, the lady sold me a Coke. I was like, that's not a Coke, that's Cuba Coke. Coke tastes better. You should have the real Coke. Y'all should change your government type. You know, all this stuff just starts coming off of my head, man. I'm just trying to vent and feel a little better. Did that change anything? No. No, that, that charter plane didn't come back a second earlier and really no one cared. You know what I did? I looked like a fool. And if anybody knew that I was a pastor, I would have really changed the way people saw Christians. That's the problem with our complaining. 
Let's, let's look at these three reasons why we should let go of complaining. These are in Philippians chapter 12 through 16. Peter, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul is writing these words and he's telling his people, he had just talked about how, 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 to, how to live lives the way that Christ did. If you can, please read Philippians 2, 1 through 11. We're not gonna do that right now. I'm gonna pick up right at verse 12, but read these verses of how we are called to live the way that Christ did. In verse 12, he says, Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Now, when the cat's away, the mice will play. In the workplace, isn't that right? When, when someone's not watching, that's whenever you'll, you'll either complain or grumble or, or, or get distracted. And it's crazy. When we're in the workplace, I don't know if it's like that uh, in, in your workplace, but why is everybody always talking about Friday? You know, Monday, how are you? It's not Friday. Tuesday, same answer. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Friday, thank God it's Friday. But then back again, see, our brains are chronic complainers. We are wired to complain. It's crazy. But here we see, work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. The first reason why we should let go of complaining is that complaining is antithetical to our salvation. We did not deserve our salvation. Our salvation was a free gift from God thanks to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is a blessing that we have. And if we want to live that blessing out, if we want to work our, work our salvation by obeying God with deep reverence and fear, there's no place for complaining because we know where we're going. We know what the promised land is for us. The second thing, let's keep on reading. Verse 14, do everything, here we go, without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Anybody else think that this is a word of God for us today? Amen. See, when I'm living living a fool, like I was in the Jose Marti airport. And my, my brother Hector is just like, Psh, man, this guy, he's just, just chill, bro. And I'm going off on this lady. I think also I ordered a sandwich and she took five ever and put five people in front of me before she gave me my sandwich and didn't even grill it on the pan. Oof, I was upset and I couldn't even call anybody to tell me. Couldn't call my mom or abuelita or anybody. It was Hector, the one that had the vent. Anyway, man, you know what that is doing? My complaining dims my light. That's the second reason why we need to let go of our grumbling because we are called to be the light of the world. And as our generation here on earth is grumbling and complaining on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, grocery store, anywhere, we're called to go above that. And we're called to be the light. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Man, people need hope these days. People need to hold on to something and he can use you to be that hope in somebody's life. When we let go of grumbling and hold on to God's blessing, hold on to his promises, we can be that hope in somebody's life. 
And then the third thing, and here's our call to action. I'm picking up in verse 16. Paul says, hold firmly to the word of life then on the day of Christ's return. I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. See, the third reason why we need to let go of grumbling is that it conceals God's faithfulness. It conceals God's faithfulness in this story as we just read in Numbers and in Exodus where God's faithfulness superseded people's grumbling, but it also conceals God's faithfulness in the book that he's writing in your life, your story. He's doing things in you right now that he wants to show off to others. And so others have something to look for and say, man, there's a way through this desert season that I'm living in and it can't be by my strength. It's with God. It's thanks to what he has done for me. Hebrews 12, chapter, uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 14 and 15 says, The work at living in peace with everyone, in work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. I read this and I'm thinking, whoo, I got some let going to do. How about you? Y'all ready to let go of our grumbling and our complaining and allow God to shine through us? I just think of Cypress Creek Church, we are the ones that walk this life with hope and with smiles on our faces rather than grumbling and complaining about mass or wondering when schools are coming in or all of this stuff. And hear me say this, these are not little things that we're complaining about, they're big things. Let's do something about it. Let's tell people that can actually change or do something about it. And then let's let it go to God in prayer. And then let's be lights in this community so that we can actually point to the one who has blessed us beyond measure. It's not by our merit. It's only because of his grace. If his grace confuses you, you ain't alone. If you're, if you're so aware of your grumbling or, or the nature of the Israelites grumbling, you're not alone. And, and I wanna point you to these verses that are very important. We don't ask this question often. Why did God choose the Israelites? Have you ever wondered that? Why did God choose them? I have an answer. And then I have a video to show you, and then I'm done. I promise, I'm done venting. You've been very healing to me this morning, and I thank you for it. Deuteronomy chapter seven, verses six through seven. This is God talking to the Israelites. He says, for you are a holy people who belong to the Lord your God. Of all the people on earth, the Lord has chosen you to be his own special treasure. The Lord did not set his heart on you and choose you because you were more numerous than other nations, for you were smallest of all nations. Rather, it was simply that the Lord loves you and he was keeping the oath he had sworn to your ancestors. That is why the Lord rescued you with such a strong hand from your slavery and from the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Understand, therefore, that the Lord your God is indeed God. He is the faithful God who keeps his covenant for a thousand generations and lavishes his unfailing love on those who love him and obey his commands. He chose Israel because he is faithful to his promise. He wants to make his name great here and he is choosing you and he is choosing me to be his witnesses here on earth during this desert season.
And as we close, I'm going to say one thing. I told you I was going to show a video, but no, I got one more thing to say, and then I'm showing the video, and then the band will come up and we'll close. Some of us are going through really, really hard times right now. Some of us, spiritually, emotionally, physically, are going through things that we cannot uh, uh, bear alone. And I want you to hear me. Complaining is, is something that happens in here, but we can go through this together. And I want us to grow closer as a community of faith through this. So don't go at this alone. CCC.guide. If you, if you type that on your smartphone or on your computer, you can present a prayer request. You can type up a prayer request. You can also connect to a community group. If you feel alone, if you feel like, man, I'm going through this desert season more so physically than, than, than emotionally, but spiritually, I don't know where God is. Let us come beside you as a community of faith and do not walk this walk alone because we're here to do this together.